come on. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us producing and spinning the one and twos. Your number to participate is 877-37-GRIND. Today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis, get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND, if you know what you want to talk about, what you want to get off your chest, feel free to give us a call. The only thing that we ask is you call during the breaks, and you be patient during the long segment and break as well, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. If you need to reach out to me and follow me via Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live, all you have to do is go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page and you can leave comments and I'll read those on air in real time. If I don't get to them, I'll go ahead and reply to them later. And also keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week. 365. And if you are in a market or you're traveling or you're in a market that doesn't have us on terrestrial radio or we're getting preempted uh, by play by play in your market, you can also log on to sportsgrindonline.com and click the play button and you'll get us there. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready rock and roll. All right, man. Let's get into it. Where's all this? I mean, you came in here yesterday saying that we we're going to get flooded out. Where's all this rain that I'm still waiting for? I don't even know if anybody's gotten any in South Texas yet, but it's still, I mean, it's overcast. I'm here. We're going to finally be under 100 for one day. I think today's high is like 93, 95. Yeah, but it yeah. feels like, well, I'm on my way over to the studio. is sprinkling, sprinkling a little bit. Okay. Uh, dark skies out there, so maybe we'll see it uh, coming down here during the next three hours. Okay. All right. Just wanted to see since you were uh, playing the weatherman uh, yesterday. Uh, but anyway. All right, so let's keep it moving. What do we have to get to today on a Tuesday? It's going up on a Tuesday. We've got a lot going on. Uh, first off, as we uh, we've got week two of the preseason in the books. It's a wrap. Moving on to week three, we'll definitely talk about last night's action between the Ravens and the Commanders as the streak has finally ended. Uh, we'll start there here shortly. We've got some other football news as well too. Uh, we've got. Um, the Colts, which I definitely want to get to today, because uh, I feel like, you know, again, you know, I don't really the one to kind of pat my back myself on the back. But I feel like, you know, the national media is finally getting a whiff or understanding um, that Jim Ursay has been the center of this. I mean, it was a good article written up on CBSSports.com. Uh, today, uh, but I def I've been on this kick for the new listeners. I've been on this kick for the last few years, but I definitely want to talk about the Jonathan Taylor situation. Uh, the Bucks have named a starting quarterback uh, today. Jonas's guy Baker gets the nod. Uh, we'll definitely circle back around to that. Um, the Spain, we we were kind of ahead of this too, but it's getting some legs. Uh, we talked about it. We brought it briefly yesterday, but the soccer president, uh, this story is continuing to get legs. Uh, you know that basically. You know, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way uh, when he kissed Ford uh, Jennifer Amoroso on the lips. Um, and this has made like world news. This has made CNN news. 
and again, it was very, you know, definitely unprofessional, unwanting. Um, again, the reason why, if I would have just saw this, I would have just thought like, you know, again, I wasn't even trying to be funny or not, but there's different things in different cultures that's accepted. Um, but let me tell you, not all, but there's certain, like the women's activists, they're, they're eating this up. I mean, you know, I was watching CNN last night. And, you know, they just use this as an example. Of course, the equal pay got brought up and then they just basically say, hey, you know, this is borderline sexual assault. I'm like, damn, you know, um, I mean, I get it. But, you know, they feel like, hey, if that's going out in the open, what's going on behind closed doors? Um, and I will always say, don't judge the whole male species off of one rogue president that definitely got caught up in the moment i know he's apologized about it um i don't know man it, it, it's kind of, it, it is a weird scene i'm not trying to defend it at all but i'm just bringing it up again because now the story is getting bigger than even yesterday when i brought it up but now people are taking the angle of you see this is what women have to put up with you see this is borderline this is sexual assault this is what we have to do in the workplace and you know found out that england who invented the game of soccer basically couldn't didn't even allow their women to play soccer from like 1950 i think all the way to 70 or something like that so this is all just turned up a bunch of stuff under the rock and i'm like here we go what do you got well leading the way is spain's uh second deputy prime minister yolanda diaz mm -hmm. who has called according to espn has called for uh, rubiales to resign uh, and she's the one that spoke to reporters you know talking about you know uh the big one here the, the lead a quote from her is, it shows that in our country, speaking of Spain, there's a long way to go in terms of equality and respect between men and women. What we saw was an unacceptable gesture. And I think under the situation, it was, it, it was unacceptable. Um, do I think that he needs to, I don't know how I feel about that, if he needs to resign or not. Um, I don't know, you know. Um, definitely there's got to be some repercussions, but the sign, I mean, we, we also, again, I live in the U S never been over to Spain, probably don't plan on going, not a travel type of guy, especially I'm going to stay, stay my ass in domestic. Okay. I'll just in my next life, I'll see what international travel looks like. Okay. Stay my black ass right here in the domestic in the United States. Okay. And that was way before the Brittany Griner situation. But anyway, Look, it's just one of those things to where I think it just goes globally, man. We're just in a different time when it comes to, and I'm not saying it's right, but we're in a different time when it comes to people expressing themselves sexually and physically and, and however. And I'm not accusing this president of Spain soccer of trying to be sexual. I mean, it looks like, I mean, if you got women saying this is, this is sexual assault. Okay, because um, I can't remember. I mean, I'm 46 years old. I've never went up to a woman, and and I think what made it bad, what made it look worse, the optics is he put two hands on her cheek, like he grabbed her head and just said, "Come here," you know, like that. And you know, I never in my life, even with the age of I became starting to notice girls. I've never been the one just to outright in my whole life. I've never went up and just kissed a girl without what I call a buying sign. 
being it's okay. I've never, I've never been that guy. I don't understand those guys that just think that. And this is, and when you have an, you know, an incident like this that's on the world stage, this just what gives everybody an opportunity to run by the pile and just kick the whole male species, black, white, Hispanic, purple, Samoan, just in the package, just in the apple sack. Just, hey, take, this is what we're talking about, you know? It's funny how we never talk about on a big scale on the advantages that certain women have that men don't have. We never talk about that, but it, it, that's fine. But um, the pressure is really going to mount up. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to get what they want. I'm pretty sure that this is, you know, it wasn't even as big story yesterday as it is this time, 24 hours later. So I'm pretty sure as it mounts, he is probably going to, they are going to get what he, they want and he is probably going to have to step down. Well, going back to the, you know, uh, Hermoso, her comments afterwards, downplaying it, you know, as no big deal and understanding the emotion of the moment. Uh, is, is there's a, is she's not even the one leading the charge. Well, she was the person it, that was involved and she would know how she felt about it. She would know how what it was like there. It's okay. kind of odd for, you know, everybody else to take offense well, for her. Well, let's let's put this in some right context because you're off a little bit. Okay. Because her original response was, oh, I didn't like that. And then I think after, like they said, maybe after hours after that, when they came up, she was like, well, you know, hey, it's no big deal. It was in the moment, whatever. But her, her initial reaction, with what everybody's going through with CNN, everybody's going with them, excuse me, was her original, uh, uh, you know, reactant was, I didn't like that. So, of course, you you know, your first response is usually what the truth is, how you really feel about something, you know, and who to say if they were if she wasn't receiving a medal for just winning the World Cup. And look, the Spain women went through a lot for the last few years. Uh, they have really they've complained about working conditions. The last coach th that they had, they've been through a lot. So to achieve the first World Cup in their history was a huge accomplishment. And it does suck that this is taken away from it a little bit. But the reality of it is, who's to say if this wasn't on a world stage of her getting a medal, her first reaction would have been to slap the guy, regardless whether he's a president, prime minister, or whatever. Because at the end of the day, you are violating the young lady space. And it is kind of creepy. I haven't looked at the guy yet, but I'm, I'd have to look at his age. I'm usually a good person that can gut, you know, judge age. I mean, he's probably almost old enough to have a daughter her age. You know, and that's always been a problem. I've never been one of the men that like younger. I, mean, I think because my sister, I got a bunch of nieces. So I always look like, man, that's just not, you know, just me. But anyway, just want to try to bring that up. So I don't think that story is going anywhere. And I'm pretty sure the next time we talk about it, we'll be hearing about he stepped down. But you have that going on. Also, you have um, Major League Baseball. Um, this is a story that we kind of touched on last week as well, too, uh, in regards to baseball and the Tampa Bay Rays, um, who have decided to, you know, first of all, with their star. Well, I don't know about star player, but he's he's in kind of an oh, important he's a star player. OK, OK. Their star player, and we're speaking of Jonas again. Uh, Wander Franco. Wander Franco. He's in the second year. Remember, he came on the scene as a, as a young player. Uh, they uh, they argued with paid him early, okay. signing him to an eleven year, one hundred and eighty two million dollar contract. Okay, well they've put him on a paid leave uh, for this investigation about this inappropriate relationship with the minor. Um, and to me, I just feel like, you know, I understand because in one sense, you know, the big key in this whole country is about the due processes. You know, and the, you get the due process. And you're starting to hear that thrown around with the Pat Fitzgerald situation in Northwestern. There's a lot of people think Pat didn't get his, uh, you know, due process, but that's a whole other topic for another day. But I will say this is like, 
how long does it really take them to investigate this? I mean, this is, I mean, to me, I think the parties involved from the Tampa Bay Rays, Major League Baseball, Manford, uh, the authorities over, over, you know, in his country, um, they know whether they've had a relationship by now. Okay. There's reports of pictures of them out before. I mean, how long does it really take to finish this investigation that we're talking about? an inappropriate relationship. We're not talking about rape. We're not talking about, so we're talking about, look, did you have, do you have, are, are you in a relationship or having sexual relations with a minor? Black and white, simple as that. I mean, the whole pay leave situation, it's just to me how some guys can get the ax quickly and then some guys and maybe this goes to your support your your take about him being a superstar player one of their best players it's like okay we're just going to put you on a paid leave it's like yo is he guilty or not and if it's if it's against the law in the country he's from the dominican right dominican yeah. if it's against the law over there and she's a minor consider over the dominican and we know what our laws are here in most states in the united states what, what are we waiting on that's the only thing I'll say. What are we waiting on? What do you got? I think you're waiting to see if this is a one-off incident. How, how long have they known him? He's 22. Okay. Now, obviously, her being under 18, we're talking about a 15-year-old, 14-year-old uh, by some reports. 14. So even yeah. if even if by the time he was you know 17 years old and technically still a minor himself, you're talking about somebody under 10. Yeah. Um, and it gets even it's well, it's disgusting anyway. Uh, so I feel like at this point though, they're trying to see if maybe this is a one-off. Is this or is he a guy who tends to prey on younger women in general? Because then you're talking about. How long of a suspension? How long of a ban? Potentially, you're talking about what the actual charges are in the DR. And while MLB, just like in the Bowers case, has the ability to hand down their own punishment regardless of what the the government finds, um, I feel like they don't want to come out and do too, something too light. And then we find out that this is the third time, the fourth time that he tends to be a, to, to be a predator. Of underage women. But isn't a one-off too many? Even if it's it a one-off, is, isn't it one too many in this it, situation? It, it is one too many. And then you do you, but what are the circumstances around this one? Did the, or the, did the families put them together? We These are all things we don't know. I'm not going to assume that this, that this is above the board because, again, by law, it's not. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand Dominican Republic culture. Never been there. I don't know. I personally don't know anybody from there, so I can't even tell you what it's like there. So I just want to say, again, where the punishment—they're going to put him on an administrative leave, and this allows them to determine, okay, really, how bad is this guy? So if this is just a one-off. Do you think he should ever be able to play baseball again? I feel like that because of the way that sports is in this culture. I think they're going to find a way to allow him to. He's a 22-year-old superstar. All right, the Rays were the hottest team coming out to start the season. He's been a, a very key part of that, a key part of what it is they're trying to do moving forward. And I feel like the Rays are going to, just like we do a lot, a lot of time in sports, we're going to put morals to the side, and you could see this guy return to baseball sometime in the next five years if he's not cleared of all this anyway. Okay, well... Like I said, I don't want to get too bogged down on it. We'll we'll wait to see how it plays out. Um, but I was just curious to see if you felt like he should because 
you know, you're 100% built for leather on the young men that are gamblers. And you're saying, hey, you learned you to do this lesson. And then I'm thinking like, OK, well, what do you think about somebody with a minor? That should be zero tolerance regardless of the culture, because evidently, I, I, you know, I, I do hear what you're saying, because, again, when you say we don't know if the family set them up, whatever. But I think if the authorities over there are investigating this in the Dominican, in his home country, evidently this isn't this isn't accepted over there. It's not appropriate. And and regardless if his family set them up or whatever, regardless, he's 14, allegedly, and he's 22. That it, it's really to me, there's really no and this. And I said this when we originally talked about this. There's no in this day and time, there's no excuse. I don't allow the excuse to say, well, I didn't check ID. I didn't know she was age. you have to in the age where young girls are becoming trying to act older. They want to have they be adult. They see other women on social media. They see women in bikinis. They see all this being sexual. They get a thousand, three thousand likes. And then a young girl with a low self-esteem, she thinks that's what it is. And as an adult in 2020, you know, 22 years old, you're a young adult. Hey, man, you should know better. And you got to be careful. And you got to check ID, period. All right, when we get back, we'll get right into putting a bow on week two. Also, we've got some Denver Bronco news. Somebody showed up to camp today I want to talk about. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, when it comes to preseason tailgating, Specs is the number one playmaker in Texas with lower prices on stadium size selections of everything you need to keep your team spirits high. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-37-GRIND. 
All right, we've got some already early activity on Facebook Live. Uh, we got SB San Antonio checking in. And said it's raining in SA lightly, though. Yeah, I think it's just Breakland ain't got over here yet. But I feel you keep the keep the faith. And we've got Bo Darville checking in. Uh, he said if he grabbed her head and it was on the lips, he got to go. A double cheek kiss is more celeb uh, celebratory, maybe not. Um, yeah, I mean, it. look, it wasn't a, I'm not here to try to fend the, the guy. You know, it was creepy. It was it was uncalled for. And like I said yesterday, kind of joking tongue in cheek, it almost looked premeditated. Like, why? I mean, my thing is, why? Why didn't you greet if it was just something harmless? Why didn't you greet every girl like that? I mean, what what stood out particularly about her? So, again, it's it's going to cost him. I mean, this happened on the world stage. And really what sucks for him is the fact that what the Spain women have been going through behind closed doors for the last, I don't know, five to six years, even leading up to this. Um, and also just what's been about women's sports and women equality, especially in this country. I mean, it's just too he just did it on too big of a stage. And it's one of those situations where he probably won't survive uh, from that. Uh, but let's start with the NFL and let's put a bow on week two NFL preseason uh, that concluded last night that saw the. 24 game winning streak in the preseason come to an end as the Washington Commanders edged the Ravens 30 to 28. A couple things that I took from that. Uh, definitely, like if you ever really wanted to see what it looks like in a preseason game for two teams trying to win a game. That was what that was last night, regardless of no major starters playing guys at the end of the game. Pretty much is probably not even going to be on the team on either either the Washington Commanders or the Ravens. It was very competitive, uh, you know, highly tested game. I mean, for a preseason standard, um, just individual things that I took from watching that um, a couple things. Um, the question I had on the dock is like, hey. Has the, have the commanders finally found their guy? I mean, they've been searching high and low. They didn't never wanted to commit to Kirk Cousins. Okay. And then they probably had played a little bit of musical chairs with the quarterback. The Carson Wentz stuff was a debacle. Um, and you have to look at Sam Howe. You know, I, I remember watching him in college uh, with Carolina and Mac Brown for a while. I mean, you have to look at the way he performed. I mean, he's really looks comfortable. And, you know, one guy that's been one of his biggest critics, black on black crime, Eric B. Not Eric B and Rakim, but Eric B. Enemy. You, I got to give him some early flowers. It's early. OK, it's preseason. You don't want to react too much. You don't want to overreact too much. But that's just what we do. But I do feel like what you see, and this is how this is just my philosophy in preseason. You can see culture changes. You can see, you know, system changes. You don't really know what the finished product's going to be because, again, you're not. These aren't ones versus ones and starters for the most part. It's not. It depends on how a particular team is attacking that particular preseason game. But from the play calling and some of the designs, I can say I've watched enough Washington Commander football over the last I don't know eight years, seven years for sure and there's nothing that's been looked like that organized offensively and again I was one of those that's always questioned how much effect did Eric Bieniemy really have on the Kansas City Chiefs offensive run that they've been on under Patrick Mahomes I mean Andy Reid calls the plays 
Eric's been sitting over there like, what the hell are you doing? And, and that's not right, you know, because I wouldn't want somebody to shortchange my accomplishments. But this is his opportunity to be on a stage to take a struggling franchise and a struggling offense that have been thirsty for a real franchise quarterback and lead them in the NFC East. And, you know, even now they had a scary moment there with their number one receiver who kind of went down. Uh, with, I think he got his ankle turned. Um, but he's down with a toe injury. It's a toe injury. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, have they said how long he might be out already? Um, they're optimistic that he'll be there for week one. Um, but yeah, it, it's a toe injury. And you know, I think last night, speaking of Terry McLaurin, I think Troy Aikman and um, well, really Troy Aikman and Buck, they did a good job to really highlight. Look at the run that the Ohio State Buckeyes are on with wide receivers in the NFL. Okay, Um, you know, and and I think Troy, which I've heard a lot over the years of his play by play broadcasting and him being a former quarterback, a former three time Super Bowl winning quarterback. He has always been pretty critical on route running from rookies and receivers in general. And he had high praise for him. He had high praise for everybody that's come out of Ohio State that he's paid attention to. And don't forget, they got one guy that's still down at the shoe that might be in Heisman conversation this year. And he's got the DNA and the blood running through him of Marvin Harris, wide receiver for the Colts, Marvin Harris Jr. So that's another one that's going to be a first-round pick and probably a top five to eight pick most likely. Uh, so, yeah, if you look at Washington, I mean, back to them, I just think that Howe looks very comfortable. He's looked comfortable. Uh, he looks confident, and you have to give Eric B. some credit to that. Now, when I look at the Ravens on the other side, granted most of their starters didn't play, especially on offense. Um, you know, of course, their bright spot is their rookie wide receiver. Um, he's definitely going to be a problem. Um, but I think when I look at the Ravens, what kind of stood out to me is I still don't feel – and again, it, you got to wait, and I always preach depth because a lot of those guys that are on the defensive side, especially in the third or fourth quarter, or some of them guys are not even going to be making the team. But remember last year with the Ravens, it wasn't really about it. I mean, yes, majority of it was about Lamar Jackson's health and not being able to finish the season. But, you know, keep in mind, some of their struggles were really that their secondary was really bad. And, you know, and you look at the last two years. Um, the year before last and last year, the Ravens, you know, when you think of the Baltimore Ravens, you there are certain organizations that you think of identity. And when you think of the Ravens, you think defense, you know, Ray Lewis, you know, that 01 Ravens defensive team. And it has just been horrible for them, in my opinion, to the Ravens standards for the last two years, especially the secondary. So the secondary still looked a little bit shaky for the most part, even from a you know, a system standpoint, not so much of the bros and Joes, just from the system standpoint, but, you know, competitive game, the streak came to a close and that's definitely something I think it's going to be interesting for the commanders to see if they can build off of that. Uh, but that's what I took from last night's game. Really the play of how Sam Howell, and really the play calling from Eric B enemy eight, seven, seven, three, seven grind. Also, uh, before we get into some um, updates on the uh, Denver Bronco news, daily news today that I've heard through the grapevine, um, I do want to talk about the other big story uh, that circulated, probably got started as soon as we got off air uh, yesterday, uh, but really the Indianapolis Colts uh, finally giving permission to Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Um, this is this is not going to be as easy to move him 
is what some people think for a number of reasons. So when they say that he's allowed to seek a trade, that doesn't really mean. I mean, I think the relate. I don't think he's going to run again for the Colts because I think Jonathan Taylor from the outside looking in and hearing him over the years, the way he's conducted himself, the way he speaks to the media, he just comes across a guy to me that once his mind is made up on something, like the money is not, like he wants the respect. I mean, I, you know, I believe him when he's saying like, hey, I'm not trying to be the highest paid running back. I just want to be treated with respect. I think the money point at this point right now is not the big priority to Jonathan Taylor. The big priority is he doesn't want to, even if he has to play on a tag, if he's got to sign a one-year deal, he just doesn't want to do it with the Colts and the owner, Jim Irsay. Like I said, I go look at the article on CBSSports.com. Perfect article, what I've been saying for the last few years about Jim Irsay. He's really blotched this. Now, I want to look at some of the landing spots potentially for him. Um, you know, because I've always I've already heard some of the Orange Nation out there pretty much. Hey, well, what about Jonathan Tate? Can we go? First of all, you trade for him. You're going to have to pay him. And second of all, I don't think that makes any sense. Would it be nice to go ahead and get a Jonathan Taylor? But no, it doesn't make sense for that particular team that's up in the Maha City. But I want to look at the landed spots. But think about think about how we got here. And, and I'm going to stick to what, I, what I've been saying. I believe, like the other running backs, Jonathan Taylor has been fighting for months and months for some respect and a new deal from Indy. Okay, you're talking about a guy when healthy in their record books is pretty much averaging 5.5 yards a carry. That's ridiculous. Now, that ain't all by him. You know, last year with the Indianapolis Colts, they had, I think, their line pretty much under underperformed. They they were awful. But I think that's an outlier. I think for the most part, since Jonathan's been there, they've been they've had a top three offensive line. So this ain't all about Jonathan Taylor. But again, 5.5 yards a carry. He's already in the record books, and he's been the best player for them for the last three years. Ever since Andrew Luck walked out the door, they to me, Andy's had three top dogs. Darius Leonard, but he's been fighting back problems last year. He had some health issues the year before. Q Nelson, which is I think is still one of the best offensive linemen in the game, one of them at his possession a position, if not the best. He had an off year last year. And it's Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Now the reports have it. I know Ian Rapport, uh, you know, pretty much uh, reported this. I know Adam reported this as well. So the Colts are looking for a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor or something that is equivalent to a first round pick that equals up to that. And everybody's pointing back to the Ed McCaffrey trade last year or what the 49ers gave up to the Carolina Panthers to get Ed McCaffrey or excuse me, Christian McCaffrey. Didn't get Ed was golden. Ed was, you know, he's thinking, oh, Ed could probably still maybe catch you, get you 20 yards in the game. Okay. Anyway, his son, Christian McCaffrey. Everybody's going to that as an example. Let me tell you why I feel that that's different and why this is going to be so difficult. And really, no one has anybody to blame in that organization except Jim Ursay and himself. So the Colts, and trust me, this is Jim. I don't think this is Chris Ballard. This isn't this is Jim Ursay making these calls. This ain't Steichen saying that this is Jim Ursay. I also think it's Jim Ursay's call that's going to start Anthony Richardson, whether he's ready or not. Week one, I think that's Jim's call, too. But Jim is asking for a first round pick, but he has spent the last 60 days. First of all. Devaluing the running back position. 
having a face-to-face meeting with Jonathan Taylor in his private bus at training camp, not even five minutes after they met, he goes to local reporters in Indy and he gives this bizarre talk about, well, if I die and Jonathan die, the league don't care. It moves on and no one cares. This and this. Right after that man just told you that he wanted to be traded. So you go out and make the situation worse. And then on their second preseason game this past weekend, you get up in the booth and you go ahead and pretty much just give a whole, I don't know, full 10 minutes address the Colts Stampede Blue Nation with your local play-by-play TV people about the Jonathan Taylor. Oh, well, you know, Ballard's going to, you know, cool the waters here. We just this and this, and this timing's everything. He has messed this up. So if you sit there and said that Jonathan Taylor's not worth it, the running back position's not worth it. Oh, and keep in mind, he also said the CBA, the way it's designed, it shouldn't even, we shouldn't even have these problems, these contract problems. But yet and still, you're going to sit there and think that it's going to be so easy for a general manager of another NFL team, whether they're a contender, a Super Bowl contender, a running back away, or whatever, it doesn't matter, they're going to turn around and give you a first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor. On top of that, after the reason why I don't even want to look at the Christian McCaffrey situation, because at that time, Carolina Panthers were selling off everybody. They knew that they were going nowhere. They knew that they were going to hire a new coach. They, they already fired their coach. They knew that they were looking for a new regime and they were borderline going to have to be blowing this thing up, which they didn't really technically blow it up. But the bottom line is they were willing to deal. It was, this was kind of came out a little bit of left field for people when that trade went down. Everybody and their mama knows that this is a relationship that has deteriorated. And if radio guy knows that, if fan knows that, guys getting ready for their fantasy football drafts know that. Don't you think guys is making seven-figure money that other GMs know that too? They know he wants out, and they know it's a toxic situation. So how are you getting a first-round pick? Now, I went on record before when they had the whole Carson Wentz situation and I remember telling AC, and she's not letting me live it down to this day. I was saying, dude, there's no way that y'all are going to get a first-round pick or have somebody take Carson's win salary and got a first or a second-round pick, whatever it was. There's no way that was happening because of what happened. But little do we know what happened. It took the Washington Commanders and that dysfunctional organization leading up until now. I'm giving them the new slate, this new owner, even though he looked kind of weird to me last night during that whole interview. He looked like he was loaded. Uh, that's my opinion. He looked like he was he was up in the luxury booth on some DeBell tequila, maybe. It was awkward. But, hey, man, a guy's worth a billion on that damn name team. It's like, whatever. Anyway, so they got the commanders to go ahead and bite for that. I don't think the rabbit foot and the luck strikes twice. You, you, Jonathan Taylor, due to the fact of the toxic situation, now they don't have to trade him. I mean, they can go ahead. He can don't have to sign the tag. I forgot the list. They can put him on. He can just sit out the whole year. I don't think it's going to get to that because, first of all, I think if Ursay would, and again, this is a guy that can let his emotions get involved, and you're not really supposed to, especially as an owner at that level. But to me, if you would try to go to that card, say, you know what, we're not going to trade you. We can't get a first round. Then we're just going to excuse you, put you on this particular exempt list. Not going to sit over there. That is unfair to stike a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and Anthony Rich. That is so unfair to put that distract. Because even if he's not in the building, if they're struggling, you don't think that they're going to, especially locally, you don't think they're going to get questions about uh, Jonathan Taylor? In the holdout situation, or would things be re- different if Jonathan Taylor was there? So my point is, you got to move him. 
events. You gotta, you just gotta rip off the band-aid and go forward. But look, man, Ursay, I'll keep saying this, he is tearing down everything that Bill Polian and Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning built. Technically, he decided to stick with his former GM. Ryan Grisson, who was horrible, which was his best buddy, his weightlifting workout partner, whatever the rumors had it. And you pretty much just ran off one of the top prospect quarterbacks in the last 20 years since the other guy that came out of Stanford in 83. Speaking of John Elway, you just ran this guy into retirement. And now you're running off one of your other best players just for running your mouth. I believe if he doesn't make those comments after that meeting, Yes, Jonathan, this is still a situation, but I don't think Jonathan Taylor's asking to be traded. I think it comes to the point like, look, man, I came to you man to man because Jonathan didn't send his agent. He went and told her, say straight up, like, look, man, I want to be out of here. And he gave him reasons and think that I came to you as a man and have kept my mouth shut for the most part through the media this whole offseason in the summer. And since I've been here, I've done everything you've asked me to do. And you're going to sit there and just basically just poo-poo on me right two or three minutes after we meet and go meet with the media and say some crazy stuff yeah i want out so this is all them and what sucks is the football fan the football fan will not most likely get to see anthony richardson and jonathan taylor in the same backfield can you imagine if you had a healthy jonathan taylor and until anthony richardson really understands and get used to the nfl speed the game can you just imagine and you got this guy from steichen who came over from philly and we saw the offense that he was running can you just imagine what that read option or that dual threat with their legs would be and ursay just blew that up and if i'm chris ballard i'm thinking like damn this is the second time <laughs> that, you know, Chris Ballard's been on record saying that, hey, I only took the job because of Andrew Luck. First year on the job, Andrew, after the fourth preseason game, I'm out. Then that blows up the whole plan. And then now all of a sudden you get a JT and Jonathan Taylor. Now he's out, but you drafted this guy, Anthony Richardson, with a plan and hired this coach with a particular plan with Jonathan Taylor included in it. And now Ursay, the owner, has blew that up. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. 
at Specs. The fun starts here. Here's to you, Chuck. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.